Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Show. My name is Simon Miller, and this is a pro wrestling show. And it's a very sad week for obvious reasons. I mean, if you don't know, I'm sure you knew. You will have seen the title. What else do we say? Scott Hall uh, passed away, 63 years old. Complications from hip surgery did not sound fun in any uh, in any sense. And I mean, I don't even know what I can say that other people haven't already said about it. But what else could we possibly talk about? There's always this weird, well, at least I experience it a lot, given that what I do on what culture, etc., where you make a video about it, or man, people get angry. Oh, you should be talking about this because you're profiting off somebody's, off somebody's death, and that's the last thing that I ever would want to do. I mean, the way that I've always looked at it is, I mean, we're going to talk about the Cody Rhodes thing today, and we're going to talk about Raw and WrestleMania, etc. But I know that, be it this podcast or be it the what culture work I do, there is no way that I can just get on with doing my normal day today unless I've been able to sit down and address something like this. Like, it's much more fun to be able to talk about the positive stuff. But when something truly heavy hitting and important comes along, that's when you've really got to, you know, sit down and take stock and remind yourself that wrestling is meant to be fun and maybe we shouldn't get so annoyed because this is the stuff that matters. So not making content about it. I think it would be even worse. Like, imagine this podcast just went up and I mentioned it in passing. I think that's insulting. I think that's really, really offensive. So I would I would never do that. And it did affect me. Like, I hate saying this because I never like to take the grief away from anybody else. Like, if you're what, Scott Hall's family or friends or a Kevin Nash, a Triple H, Sean Waltman, whatever, of course you are going to be suffering more than I. Of course you are. There's no two ways about it. And I always try and tread very carefully about this because I think sometimes we as a human race, as a society, can lack self-awareness. But of course you can fall into that trap. Like some people on Twitter, and I understand why they're doing it. You know, they kind of go all overboard. Like, this is the worst day ever. I can't believe it. And I don't think you ever want to tie too much hyperbole in to it because nine times out of ten these same people eight minutes later are going oh my gosh had the best lunch ever you know well i don't think it affected you too badly so there is certainly a, a way to approach this stuff but i mean i've been watching scott hall for you know 25 years or, or whatever it may be i remember seeing the razor ramon skits as a kid again i don't think i saw them the first time they aired but i certainly caught up with them over my days and i remember his match with bret hart at the rumble of course i remember wrestlemania 10 i remember you know the the, the heyos and the toothpicks and I remember when he jumped ship. I remember when, you know, he just ditched his character and arrived on Nitro in a bunch of denim and acted all like, oh, man, it's real now. This is a war. And I saw this really cool sort of discussion today with someone that had never seen it before. And they were all like, well, why is the crowd so silent? And it's like, well, because they didn't know what was going on. You know, if you apply today's standards by 1996, it doesn't feel like that big a deal because we've seen it so much. But I certainly, apart from maybe Luger coming out on the first ever Nitro, um, I, I, I remember not being able to make sense of it. Again, I was super young, but that's why it was so fun. I was like, well, has he actually just walked in? And if so, you know, how has he been allowed to do this? What does it mean for WWF? And it's, there are a few people that, well, no, there, there, there's more than a few people. There are a lot of people that sort of made their impact and left their mark on professional wrestling, but he is one of them. And I understand that he had a bunch of personal issues, but I only know them on a headline basis. So you, you, can't, you can't go into them. You just can't without, unless you have a more educated knowledge. But what I do know and what I can see, especially on social media, is there are a bunch of stories of lovely things that Scott Hall did to people, be it you know paying for people's fuel, paying for their meals, giving them feedback. 
and let's not pretend that he wasn't a wind-up merchant. <laughs> he absolutely was. I will tell this story until we're not talking about it anymore. But um, the whole, you know, like your finish, can't wait to kick out of it, is probably the worst thing you could say to a pro wrestler. Now, from my vantage point, it's very funny. But I can imagine being in a locker room and being aware of Scott Hall's reputation, and you probably would get a little bit, uh, well, your back would your back would go up. And I'm sure there are things that where he wasn't, you know, the <laughs> the perfect human being. But nobody is. And that's a silly way to look at it. I still think we have lost someone who changed the wrestling business. I truly do think that. If Scott Hall and Kevin Nash don't make that jump in the mid-90s, I don't know what happens to Nitro and the Monday Night Wars. And I don't know what happens to Goldberg a couple of years after that or a year after that. You know, what happens to Steve Austin on the other side? I mean, what if Kevin Nash and Scott Hall stay? You know, they've both been very vocal about the fact they wanted to, but the finances were so much better on the other side. How could they say no? And Vince McMahon has come out and said, you know, I didn't want to break my wage structure, but I didn't want them to leave. So it's very much a sliding doors, a sliding doors moment. And if nothing else, you've got an iconic character in Razor Ramon. Only Scott Hall could have played that. I thought he was Cuban for years. I had no idea he was putting it on. And then, of course, everything he did in WCW, not least behind the scenes, because he was the guy that recommended Sting to dress up like the crow with the faceplate and hang out in the rafters. What if he doesn't suggest that? How does that affect WCW versus NWO? So you have all these little moments that you can you can talk about. But I certainly know the big thing for me was watching him come out the other side, you know, the DDP documentaries and all the videos and the relapses, etc. But actually seeing him in a place where, as far as I know, he was in a, he was in better spirits. And then to die because you break your hip and a blood clot got loose, whatever the, whatever the hell it was, it sounded terrible, is it's hard to process. And I think another reason for that is because he's just always been around, right? From the day I started watching wrestling till today, Scott Hall has been present in my life. And because we are dealing with characters, I think sometimes we forget that they are humans at the same time. But it certainly knocked me, uh, it knocked me for six. It was one of those ones when the news started to break. And, you know, as you do, as morbid as this may be, you send it to your wrestling fans, friends. Like, oh my gosh, what is this? What is this? And then you find out about the life support and he gets taken off life support. And then there's some tweets saying, oh my gosh, you know, he's, he's actually holding on. And you start to think, oh man, I hope, I hope we're all wrong and I hope we've jumped the gun. Then eventually, you know, it, it happens. And it's, it's, it's happened a lot in pro wrestling. I suppose, obviously, the one before. I may be forgetting people, so you have to forgive me. I'm not trying to make this a competition, but... You know, you go back to the Brody Lee one, which was also just, you know, absolutely a huge surprise. And I think I think the whole fandom does, you know, does tie into it too. Like sometimes people pass away in the celebrity space. And of course it's sad. It's always sad. You know, you have to be absolute psychopath to not understand that, you know, death can be upsetting. But you notice how there's sort of uh, ranges of that. You know, so if somebody from a soap opera passes away, I don't have that same connection with them. So, you know, again, when it's someone at Scott Hall that's been around for 30 plus years or whatever it is, and they've literally been watching any time that he was on television, especially during that sort of, you know, 94 to 2001 period, where I don't think I missed a Raw or SmackDown. Um, and then the reason I started missing after that is because I went to, well, a few years after I went to university. But it's, well, it just sucks, doesn't it? I hate saying that because that makes it sound you know, far less important than it is. But the major thing is, like I say, thoughts and feelings and positive whatever to Scott Hall's friends, friends and families. And I, I don't even know what, I don't, I don't know what to say about it. I, I, I sit down with these things and I start ranting and I start raving and ultimately i don't there's no real words <laughs> there's, there's no there's nothing really that you can say but i do think it's very very sad and i think it's a very sad day and i think the 
the highlight, if we can spin it in such a way, is the sheer outpouring, like I say, that you see on, on Twitter, etc. And him actually having effect on people's lives. You know, they say that you, I think Denzel Washington said, you know, you can't, can't take your legacy with you, but you can leave it. He said it far more poetically than that. And Scott Hall absolutely did do that. And the evidence is, is there for all to see. So I imagine we're going to be something big on SmackDown. I think the rumor is that WWE will do something big for the internet, for YouTube, for the website, which is more than deserved. Like if they had done a 10 bell, I'm, I'm never going to get into this. Oh, they should have done a 10 bell salute. You know what? It's hard enough to come up with these things at the best of times, let alone when you've only found out a few hours before. But if they had have done something like that, I think he's, you know, he's of that ilk. You know, they, they, they don't do it for every wrestler, which I can, I suppose, understand. It would be nice if they did. But the fact that if they had done it for Scott Hall, I wouldn't have been surprised, I think goes to show that he was a pivotal part in what in our lifetime will probably be the most, the most popular period of wrestling, you know, the Attitude Era. And yeah, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. I mean, there were certainly times in the past when it seemed like he was on a... Uh, pathway to badness <laughs> the only way. pathway to badness new song by megadeth but it did it did feel that way so i'm repeating myself now but to get to this part of life and it to be happened from a broken hip well i find it very sobering and like i say i will use it to remind myself even more than i already do that i'm just going to enjoy wrestling the best tweet i got this week cheek plug at simon of 316 is somebody uh, paraphrasing me from ups and downs and they're all like you know simon says he doesn't like this segment overall but he liked this one bit so he's going to give it an up and i was super proud about that i was like you damn right there's enough negativity in wrestling i see some crazy takes on the internet and i will always do it i will bend over backwards and i will try and find the good in every piece of wrestling right Again, that guy on the internet I joked about on ups and downs too. You've got to start giving downs out. No, you have to earn your down. An up is easy to get. You have to earn your down. I am the opposite to every other single critic out there. And I am happy to do so because I think that it, it just creates a nice atmosphere. And I think that's doubly important when you do come out the other side of crazy things like this. So rest in peace, Scott Hall, of course. Thoughts once again to all his friends and family. And this is when, you know, you have to start processing life, which is super difficult at the best of times or the worst of times, I should say. No, the best of times. I don't even know. Let's talk about Cody Rhodes, the other, the other um, conversation everybody wants to talk about. Now, firstly, fair play to Cody Rhodes. He left WWE in 2016 to become a star. And my word, he's such a star that he can not appear on Raw. Repeat, not appear on Raw. And the internet breaks down. <laughs> and I don't know why. All of a sudden, and look, if I'm wrong, come and tell me I'm wrong. That's absolutely fine. But I don't think WWE has ever said, this man is coming in on this date. You better be ready. Now, they've teased it. We've had nightmare teasers. We've had dashing teasers. Uh, we've had other teasers that I can't remember now. Maybe somebody said EVP. <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember. But at no point was it like Tony Khan, and I love AEW and WWE. I ain't starting no war. But Tony Khan, everyone keeps relating it to the point when Tony Khan came out and said the Forbidden Door is open. Then realized, oh, wait, no, whoops. That's the wrong description of the Forbidden Door. So only the Keith Lee debut, we got Jay White. Awesome. He smashed it. He's a flipping a great human being and a great wrestling promoter. And I love him. I mean it. AEW rocks. But WWE never said that anybody was coming in. All they've done is teased it. And then Cody's not on Raw. And people are like, oh, Cody's not here. I'm never watching again. I can't believe you made me watch three hours of wrestling. I hate Raw. It's absolute crap. 
I don't think this ever happened. And also, isn't this the best way to do it? Let's say he's debuting at WrestleMania. That's locked in, locked loaded. I'm speculating, of course. But if Cody Rhodes is locked in for WrestleMania, I want you to tease the shit out of it. I want you to get me to the point of orgasm. <laughs> I'm kidding. But I want you to get me to the point when I'm at WrestleMania and Seth Rollins is in that ring and I'm like, oh my gosh, here he comes, here he comes. And I'm feeling all heebie-jeebie and my goosebumps are standing on end. I don't want to get to the point where it's like, oh, put him on TV because it's time to put him on TV. No, tease me. Tease me, damn it. I just think sometimes we do want things too soon. Now, I totally get if this had been a blatant lie and a blatant way to get you to watch 180 minutes of wrestling, then sure, you can go nuts. But I don't think that's the case. All we've had is teeny tiny teases. That is it. It is not the same. And this is a hill that I want to die. And if you listen to my other podcasts, you know that I am critical of WWE when needs be. But this is not one of those times, right? I want them to be patient. And I think he should debut at WrestleMania or re-debut, whatever word we're going to use. Because that is the biggest place you can do it. Remember when the Hardy Boys came back? It was awesome. What we should do is we should take the Hardy Boys storyline from Mania and we should take the John Cena and Undertaker storyline from Mania and we should amalgamate them. Which means, like John Cena, oh, I want to fight the Undertaker, he's not going to fight me, I've got nothing to do. Same with Seth Rollins, he's in the ring, doing whatever he does, out comes Elias. I'm kidding. Out comes, out comes Cody Rhodes to a huge pop. Let's not pretend otherwise. If you're going to WrestleMania, of course, you're going to get some casual fans. But you're going to be a hardcore fan. They're going to go crazy. Cody Rhodes should win. And really, I totally believe this. Don't think it is going to happen, but it's what I would like to see happen because I think it sends out a great message. After Roman Reigns beats Brock Lesnar, unifies the belt, of course, Raw is going to get its own championship. I don't want it to, but that's what WWE will do. I would find a way to make Cody Rhodes the Raw champion. And then from that vantage point, I can totally see why Cody would make the jump back because he felt like he was being not utilized correctly in 2016. It's why he left. As we've already talked about, he's become a star. If he returns to WWE and becomes the world champion, flub me sideways. I was really sad that he left AEW because I loved him. I loved him in All Elite Wrestling. But if he goes back to the place that used to dress him up like Stardust and refused to let him be Cody Rhodes, even though they had two shows, and he said he'll be Stardust on one of the shows if he can be Cody Rhodes on the other show, and he manages to get past all of that to become the man, quote unquote. I totally understand why he'd want to do it. I think it's a great story. And I know for one, it make me feel warm and fuzzy in my tum tum. But in no way am I mad that he wasn't on Raw. I actually quite like what they're doing right now. Kevin Owens versus Steve Austin, I will enjoy. I think Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins together are great. And right now I'm going, oh my God, what is Seth Rollins going to do? I don't know. That's what we should be doing given that we are two weeks out from mania yeah there's two more roars and then and then, and then we're doing it so i i support all of this i don't understand where the madness and where the anger is coming from and if we can't get cody Rhodes, don't worry about it seth Rollins comes to the ring we do everything we just talked about he calls somebody out we get goldberg goldberg spears him one two three then i get to go on twitter and watch the world melt down and because i'm a very weird person i enjoy that i like seeing the crazies go crazy now i shouldn't be advocating that because the crazies go too far but I find it very funny. <laughs> Do. I find it very funny because people are nuts. <laughs> As also, it's the 16th of March today. So happy 316 day. It's a terrible day because two years ago is when, <laughs> is when Austin had to turn up to that horrendous roar with no fans, which has aged terribly. Like it was fun at the time, but now you go back, you're like, oh my gosh. It's like going to a funeral. 
but it is happy 316 days. So uh, happy 316 day to you. I hope you're having a good time. What other news has been happening this week? Joey Janela, I don't believe, is going to resign his AEW contract, which I think is a shame. I like Joey Janela in the early days of AEW. It's unfortunate it didn't work out. But once again, I've seen some horrible takes on the internet of people being completely disparaging towards the man. Sometimes it would just be nice if people could not renew their contracts without being drugged through the mugs. But no, I don't think that is going to happen. Biggie is at home after his horrific neck break on Friday. That scared the absolute crap out of me. That scared the crap out of me so much that I had a show on Saturday night with UPW. Shout out to UPW. Smashing it right now. Check them out. Ultimate Pro Wrestling. And I, I, I was going to do this powerbomb to someone. And I completely changed it to a more safe feeling. Because I have decided I'd much rather everybody was healthy. And I have, well, I don't have a bad match. But that would be my choice as opposed to hurting anyone. I never want to hurt anyone. This is my new fear. This is my new worry. But, I mean, I don't know what the future holds for Big E, but it certainly sounds like it's the best of an awful situation. So best wishes to that guy as well. As we know, Big E is one of the greatest beings, greatest human beings on the planet. And that was really scary for a few hours there. But it sounds like he's going to be as okay as he can be. So that rocks. Uh, lots of people talking about the William Regal podcast with Chris Jericho. I haven't listened to it yet because I've got a big drive coming up and I'm saving it for that. But it sounds like he does go into all his health issues. And there was some miscommunication with Dave Meltzer. I understand where it came from. It sounded like those health issues were happening right now. Whereas what I believe happened is that Dave Meltzer meant they happened a few years ago. Uh, but it, it sounds like, I think he said, uh, I've seen the, uh, the, the headlines. I think back in 2018, he was given 24 hours to live or something like that, which is crazy. And that scares the absolute crap out of me because William Regal is like a hero of mine, given where he came from and given where he's gone. And I love that promo he cut on Dynamite last week as well when he essentially went, Daniel Bryan, I love you. Uh, sorry, Bryan Danielson, I love you. You're the greatest thing ever. And John Moxley, you're insane. Now, I think he, um, he jumped across it so much because he actually went over he went over his uh, his allotted time he went over his allotted slot and he came out and apologized on twitter so as ever this is another reason why he's a hero of man because he owns his mistakes and he's always i just he's just like a, a fountain of learning he's like a learning tree so i thought that was uh, that was awesome to see just because william regal is awesome and he is and i'm glad to know that he's doing better these days but everyone is saying that's a very good podcast so you should absolutely go and check that out and otherwise, I don't know what else is going on because, again, the Scott Hall news basically took over everybody. But there was meant to be some other news breaking at the moment. So I'm just zooming for you to try and find it. But I don't believe anything exists. So that's it as far as I know. So what we are going to do is on my Twitter at Simon316, I asked for a bunch of questions. And I said, if you can sort of give me your own Scott Hall um stories takes feelings thoughts questions we can kind of you know talk about it and make this a somewhat dedicated episode to the man because i i don't I, there's nothing major else to talk about you know i mean the AEW revolution pay-per-view buy rate sounds like it did really well which is good i want i want every i want wrestlemania to be the most successful wrestlemania ever i want every single AEW pay-per-view to be the best one ever because i just think that's good for wrestling like i think that's really good for wrestling like progress has a bunch of shows next week they've got chapter 130 they've got their 10 year anniversary show they've got their all bm bame show they've got their all women's show and i love the fact they're doing this again it's more wrestling it's bringing more people into the fold which is what you've got to do so i just want wrestling to be successful i will say actually talking about AEW and wwe uh, there is this lawsuit at the moment between mlw and wwe because mlw i think feel like they got hamstrung by wwe or they cut, undercut them or something 
And some of the uh, notes from the lawsuit was come out. And in it, WWE is trying to argue against MLW, saying that they don't have a stronghold on the industry because AEW is doing so well. So I love that. So, <laughs> so let's not pretend that WWE doesn't know what's going on. WWE absolutely knows what's going on, but it made me laugh. Actually, some WWE 2K22 thoughts as well. Now, look, I do do the voice for the adverts, and I have been uh, sponsored to make some videos about them, which I have been doing on my YouTube channel and Twitter and Instagram and all that, so make sure you follow me. But my genuine thoughts, and again, you can throw this out saying, no, Simon, you're a corrupt mother hubbard. That's absolutely fine. But my uh, my thoughts on it is that it is so much better than 2020, which was not hard, let's face it. But I think it's a really fun game. And I'll be the first to admit, my first few matches didn't really click. But when I started to understand it, and I got into all the, the new controls, the reversals especially, and the My Rise mode, which I find hilarious because it's so over the top and silly. I, th I, th I think it's a really, really fun, solid wrestling game. So if you've been a bit worried about buying it, um, but you like the series. I don't think it's a huge departure or anything like that. It's not like they've rewritten the rule book, but if you like what they were doing before, but obviously you were upset with the 2020 and you wanted 2022 to bring it back, I think they've done it, is my, uh, is, is my opinion. But again, you're allowed to take that with a pinch of salt, should you so wish, because I like to be as transparent as possible. So let's get into some of these questions. JT says, I was actually at the 2014 Hall of Fame ceremony, a night that means more every day. This one hurts, but I was there for my new favorite phrase, bad times don't last, but bad guys do. And if you wanted to know what kind of legacy that was going to leave, I, I saw that in so many places, on mainstream places as well. I saw it on the BBC. So I don't know whether Scott Hall knew he was doing that when he dropped it seven years ago, eight years ago. But man, he smashed the Hall of Fame. And actually, there was a story out there. The guy that helped him write his speech, a WWE writer, he, he put some notes about Scott Hall. And not only did he mention that Scott Hall deliberately said he wants to go shorter because he feels like uh, other wrestlers have gone too long. But the writer in question was also warned, oh, you know, Scott Hall may be a bit difficult. He may be a bit, uh, a bit tricky to work with. This guy was like, no, he was an absolute sweetheart. I thought it was a very nice story. On the subject of the Hall of Fame, <laughs> there's some rumors that the Steiner brothers may get inducted. Now, Rick Steiner, I understand. But if you know the history of Scott Steiner and WWE and some of the things that he has said, unbelievable. Actually, more Hall of Fame news. I've forgotten everything. Uh, Charmel got inducted, the wife of Booker T. And as ever, Twitter melted down. Flub me sideways. Just be happy she's going into the Hall of Fame. Ain't your Hall of Fame. You don't have a bunch of wrestlers in your cupboard. And, oh, man, I've got to put Charmel in there now. No. Oh, this Hall of Fame is crap. All right, well, you can think it's crap. But be nice to the woman going in. It was probably a lovely, wonderful day for her. Don't crap on her parade. Daytona says, Hello! This is the start of my daily proclamation that Derek Manpower should debut at WrestleMania. I'm very happy with how Derek Manpower has caught on, given that it just came into my brain from nowhere. If you don't know, Derek Manpower is the name. Like everyone always said to me, if the NXT hired you for some reason, I mean, I'd take it, but what's going on? You know, what would your name change be? And I'd be like, Derek Manpower. And now I get a lot of people tweeting me <laughs> saying Derek Manpower. I like it. My question is, what's your favorite Scott Hall title win? Thanks to all the entertainment you provide. What's my favorite? Well, that's a very, very good question. Um, I'm trying to think outside the box if I possibly can. I don't think I'm going to be able to do this. You can probably hear me Googling in the background to try and get a non-boring answer. <laughs> but I'm probably going to give you a boring answer. Because, I mean, WrestleMania 10 comes straight into my head. I mean, it really is good. It's aged a little bit today, but only because the ladder match has, you know, flown. When did they win the tag team belts in WCW? The Outsiders win WCW tag titles. Because they had some bad matches. <laughs> they did. 
I'm pretty sure there was a match against the Steiners that I liked. I haven't watched it in ages. Didn't they have good matches against Harlem Heat as well? Something like that's going on. So I'm going to say that. But that's not really... That's not. I just wanted to... I just don't want to be boring. But WrestleMania 10 is the answer. Laney says, I remember when Razor Ramon came onto the scene. I absolutely loved him when I was a kid. My dad rooted for him because I loved him. And my dad didn't really watch much wrestling. Not really a question, but more just saying how legendary he was. Nah, dude, those stories are the best. That's like connecting with your dad because of Scott Hall, which is absolutely cool. I like it. Uh, Carl says, thanks for the constant positivity, Simon. You're welcome. In your opinion, what would be the best case scenario if Cody does not go to WWE or return to AEW? Well, I mean, there's lots that he can do. I mean, he's definitely in the acting world to some degree. Or at least he has uh, inroads to that. Maybe he goes and becomes a really good actor. I mean, that's a pretty good way to make a living. I don't think he'd be that upset about it. I mean, he could go do the independence again. He smashed that in 2016, 17, 18, or 19. Maybe 18, I guess you draw a line under it. Um, you know, he could be a stay-at-home dad, which is pretty cool, you know, raising your child. So there's so many things. I mean, if I could pick one and he's not going to WWE and AEW, you know, I would like to see him wrestling somewhere. Uh, not sure how good a fit he is. Actually, I'd like him in New Japan. Why am I repeating this rhetoric? I would like him in New Japan. I actually think if he wasn't going to go to WWE and AEW, I would like to see him in the acting world just to see how he would get on. Genuinely, I think that would be cool. Bob says, not a personal story, but just thinking about how impactful his Nitro debut was. Scott Hall coming through the crowd during a match. I don't believe anybody else could have pulled that off and been so damn cool about it. Well, I think I said that one of my What Culture videos. Definitely a plus point that he had, given he was the guy to do it, is that he was cool and he had an air of legitimacy about him and you needed that. If somebody else had done it, like a macho man, you know, it doesn't really work, but you know what I'm saying. I don't necessarily know that it works as well. So I totally agree with you. Right man, right time, right place. Uh, Eddie says, more of a statement than a question. I will be re-watching The Resurrection of Jake the Snake this evening. No spoilers for those that haven't seen it. Scott Hall is amazing. I second that. Go watch that documentary, but make sure you're strong beforehand. <laughs> it is a hard watch. Nate said, Scott was the first time I realized that in a fictional sense, it was cool to root for the bad guy. His swagger and confidence inspired me as a young kid to become more confident. This breaks my heart, especially after getting healthy in recent years. It's awful. It ends this way. Can't say it better than that, Nate. Good words. Jeremy says, hey, Simon, big fan. My question is, when you actually became a wrestler, how did it differ from what you thought the life of a wrestler would be? Well, it didn't really differ that much. I mean, it hurt more than I thought, but it actually didn't because I knew it was going to hurt loads anyway. So it's not like even though it hurt more, it was like a, a wake-up call. How did it differ? I mean, I think I was lucky to get into it during a time when I was like wrestling had thrown up on me. You know, I was doing the what culture stuff and I watched it, et cetera, et cetera. So nothing was a huge surprise. Probably how hard it actually is cardio-wise. Um and how difficult it can be to hold your own backstage because obviously there is a lot of big presences but i don't know about that i mean i i guess i'm more experienced well i am more experienced now than than i was um that's an interesting question i don't think massively i think i had a good handle of what professional wrestling was but i also think that's why i was able to survive within it because I think without that, I probably would have been knocked, uh, knocked back a little bit. Brad says, this is third hand. But in the 90s, WWF rolled into Halifax. And after the show, the boys went out to the bar. Six good side dudes were giving Scott a hard time. And he one by one effortlessly kicked the shib out of them. Apparently, it was the craziest thing anyone had ever seen. That sounds like a wrestling story to me. But I'm taking it. I'm saying that it happened. Adam says, I was backstage at Super Bowl 2000. Wow. And Jarrett thought I was a fan who snuck in. Jeff gets angry. Scott sees this and tells Jeff to go play his guitar. Scott is such a nice guy and humble off camera. Really hope he somehow pulls through. Jeff didn't know, to be fair. And he apologized. Well, that's an amazing story as well. So there you go. More love for Scott Hall. Jeremy says, what wrestling company do you think will be the first to hold titles at the same time? Tammy and Sammy or Britt and Cole? 
what? So Brett would be Baker. Brett Baker would be the champion now, but then Adam Cole would be champion, or Sammy is no longer the champion. But I see what you mean. Uh, I think Adam Cole and Britt Baker is a really good one. I think probably before Ty and Sammy, if I was going to guess, and I can't think of any other couples now, so I'll go with Adam Cole and Britt Baker. Carlos says, I can't even begin to explain how cool it was seeing Scott and Kevin Nash turn up on Nitro. It holds a special place with me as I'm watching it with my own dad, as I was watching it with my own dad who I lost. That's Scott legacy, not the championships or the matches, the impact he had on people's lives. Love it, man. Good words. James says, I will be chewing a toothpick for the bad man today. Like it. I remember him as Diamond Stud in early 90s WCW. Wow, dude, going right back. The Diamond Death Drop Rage's Edge always looked terrifying. Much love, Simon. We'll be listening to the pod in the gym. Give me a shout and a random set to do. <laughs> Amazing. James, right, go do lunges. That's right. I hate you. Go and do dumbbell lunges. Don't. Go do bench press. You'll enjoy it more. Brandon says, Scott Hall, Razor Ramon, the bad guy, was my first favorite wrestler. Him and The Undertaker are all my all-time faves. The Razor's Edge, along with the Tombstone, are the greatest finishers ever. Hall was so great and made me fall in love with wrestling. A lot of people do say that. A lot of people say, especially the whole, he was the first, uh, he wasn't really a bad guy, but you know what I mean. Like they, 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 they did buy into that. Um, so he, he was definitely a gateway, a gateway for a lot of people, which is really difficult to do. Andrew says, have you ever sang a wrestler's theme at karaoke? Kinda. I did Alter Bridge once. I wouldn't necessarily say it's a wrestling theme per se. However, you know, they do do wrestler's themes. And if not, which theme would you belt out? Uh, what theme would I belt out? Let me think. Come on. There's got to be a good one. Probably Glorious by Bobby Roode. Because you can't really sing that without making a fool out of yourself. So everybody would just... Um, Everyone else would just accept it. Drusfer says, hey, Simon, two things. First off, your promo against Kelly Six was fire. Post, please post more promos online. I should do. Want to know why I don't? Self-consciousness. It's a worrying thing to do. But yes, if you haven't seen that, if you go onto my Twitter or probably my Instagram, will be easier at Simon316. Uh, Kelly Six, I'm taking him on at Kapow. Sold out Kapow show this uh, Saturday in Littlehampton. And he called me out. He did a promo. He said some things. I was like, I'm, I'm going to respond to you. And I did. And if you want to see it like my man Drew, you certainly can. Where in the pantheon of greatest matches of all time would you place the Razor versus Shawn Michaels ladder match? That's a difficult question. It's hard because as we've already said, the ladder match has been bettered. That's not their fault. There's no way. Without that match, you don't get the betterment, right? You have to have that match for everything to evolve. So that's a really difficult question. I don't know if it'd be in my top 10, to be honest, because I think there'd be other ladder matches that I would enjoy more now. But again, it all ties in, as I've just said. So it's a difficult one, but it's up. It's an all-time great. There's no two ways about it. Uh, Ryan says, I met him a few years ago in Somerset at a pro wrestling pride show. One of the nicest people I've met. Love it. Love those stories. Merck says, hey, Simon, peace and love to you and your loved ones and to you, my boy. Uh, I got to ask, since you've got... The babyface Simon Miller, the heel money-making Miller, what would be the comedy relief of your personality in wrestling? What would you name yourself? And would you wear face paint? Well, I mean, I don't know whether you have seen Moneymaker Miller <laughs> if you don't know about comedy relief. Look, my heel money-maker Miller persona in UPW is absolutely comedy relief, 100%. And my more angry heel persona is with Kapow that we just talked about. Uh, would I wear face paint? Yes, I would. Because as Sting has proven, you just add like an extra 15 years onto your wrestling career. MSK says, I don't have stories related to Scott Hall, but I do remember when I was young, I used to pick up toothpicks and imitate him. And my mum was never happy about this. <laughs> my question is, though, should AEW start using 
the Ring of Honor tapes ASAP. I mean, yeah, they should. If you're going to do a CM Punk versus Brian Danielson match, you mention it. Of course you do. Now they own the library as and when it makes sense in order to build feuds. That's why you paid the money. It adds story. It adds history. It makes it more real. That's just cool. Josh says, hey, Simon, hope you're doing well. Scott Hall was truly one of the best to ever do it. The bad guy will be remembered forever. For fans that have never seen him work, what matches would you recommend? Oh, man, I should have done my... I should have done my homework. Although saying that, I am currently writing something. Where is it? Um, I'm currently writing something for my Patreon. Cheap plug. Oh, I haven't shared the, I did the shout out now as well. But cheap plug, patreon.com forward slash Simon316. I've started to write more articles for my Patreon because I haven't written anything in ages. And I used to be a writer, so I missed it. So it doesn't matter what the tier you sign up at, just a single dollar if you want to read that stuff. Uh, and I've done a big story about this. So in my uh, piece, which I'm just bringing up now, I have... Um, uh, what do you call it? I have some uh, uh, matches that I talked about. So I will delve into that. But before I do, I just want to give a quick shout out. Probably going to do some repeats here, but I never want to miss anyone. So thank you to Ryan Hill. Thank you to Colby Ryan Key. Thank you to Alan G. Thank you to Chuck Farrell. Thank you to Jonathan Gibbs. Thank you to Tyler Westhouse. And thank you to Sammy Jawson. I appreciate your support on Patreon. Without you, I wouldn't be able to do this. Right, where's my Scott Hall article? So the ones that I mentioned in the article are, of course, the ladder match from WrestleMania 10. We all know that. The 1993 match against Bret Hart. I think that's absolutely wonderful. I'm a massive Bret Hart fan. Uh, I did talk about Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and Hulk Hogan versus Lex Luger, Sting, and Randy Savage. I mean, that's not really what that match was, Bash of the Beats 1996. But I mean, technically, Hogan was in that match because he was a secret third man. He just comes in at the end. Now, it's not one of his best matches, but it's so pivotal in history. You've you got to see it, right? You've got to do it. You've got to see it. You've got to watch it. Uh, otherwise, you should watch um, the 1 2 3 kid match. Uh, Bret Hart, Bret Hart, uh, Razor Ramon versus uh, One Two Three Kid from Raw Action Zone, whatever it's called. You know that's an absolutely. I mean, without that, who knows what One Two Three Kid did? I mean, sure, Walton was so talented. I think that he would have found his way anyway. But that certainly. Uh, put him on the map I suppose it was his first big win also he has another match against Shawn Michaels at SummerSlam in 1995 which arguably is better than a ladder match so you should watch that and there'll be something else I mean anytime he was in a major match on WCW I think he fought Sting once which was good Goldberg was good after the whole incident just yeah I mean there'll be other ones I'm not thinking about I mean maybe his razor remote ma- I said I'm not going to say that there you go. I've given you some. Uh, Jack says, all I really have is meeting Scott Hall about 13 years ago when the constant venue I worked at in Detroit hosted an after party for an ICPW, sorry, ICP movie premiere. He made his way around and thanked and or chatted with any security person he saw, totally down to earth and friendly. And you're going to hear that story a lot. Um, Rev LJ Selena says, I met Scott Hall at Astronomicon. He was a gentleman. I found out soon after that I went to high school with his daughter. I could tell Kevin Nash loved his brother's arms. They even stayed in the same room together. Scott loved the business of the fan. Nash is smart. Saying that, I did meet Cody Hall at a UPW show uh, before the pandemic. And I know there's a lot of stories out there about Cody Hall, but he was super nice to me. And if we're only going to judge people on their actions towards us, it was, like I say, really, really, really good dude. So thoughts to him as well, because I can't even imagine what he's going through right now. Carl says, I just remember everybody in middle school chewing toothpicks and every greeting was hello in the deepest voice we could muster. David has a picture with Scott Hall. Not much of a story, but here's me and my friends, uh, Al, Brune, Wayne, and Lewis with him at the BCW official show in Kilmarnock. That's awesome. And he's wearing his weird blood jacket, which I always enjoyed. 
Um, Twin Cherry Studio says the Times Scott Hall gave a kid with AIDS the IC title without the office's consent. I remember this. Jerry Springer show, I think, or something like that. I can't remember. He gave the kid the real belt. The way he made an effort to put his arms around those kids when everybody else was afraid. He had demons, but he is a good human being. I think you're right. I think you can uh, see lots of evidence about that. Joshua says, uh, do you think, as it's probably headed that way, WWE diminishing the Andre Battle Royal to SmackDown, having an IC title ladder match with heading with... Oh, so wait, so what you're saying is, because we're not going to do the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, should we have an IC title ladder match that is done in honor to Razor Ramon or Scott Hall? Absolutely. I think that's a great idea, Josh. Ricochet is the champ. We should have a... I mean, we'll use the same wordage just for fun, same verbiage. But we should have a Razor, Razor Ramon Memorial ladder match. I think that's a flipping great idea. Or Scott Hall, whichever one. I don't care. Both are fine. Yes, we should do it. Hey, Chico says, uh, was Scott Hall's You Want a War speech the thing that really sparked the attitude era? I think lots of things did. It's never going to be down to one thing. You need a pressure cooker, but that absolutely is a catalyst. Without it, we live in a very different world. Martin says, Eddie Kingston was on Twitter saying that Bret Hart versus Razor Ramon at the Rumble 93 was the first match he looked for upon getting the WWE Network. It's true. It's a good one. Bret made his opponent look like a million dollars and Scott more than held his own. Check out Razor's pre-match promo. It is magnificent. Roger says, got to talk about Razor Ramon's feud with the 123 kid for 10 bucks. Oh, $10,000. My gosh. I need to know what you did, Rog. Kid running off from Razor to a parked car waiting outside the arena is one of the early wrestling memories I'll never forget. That was good. The fallout. Never talk about the fallout. It was awesome. Jay says, with Tony Khan's purchase of Ring of Honor, would you like to see it run as a developmental brand or a second main show for AEW? Also, when would you be challenging for the ROH title? Trust me, man. Jonathan Gresham would kick my ass. Uh, no, I don't want it to be another main show. I think we have enough right now. I think it's much better to operate within two hours of Dynamite and one hour of Rampage. If we can learn anything from WWE, it's that less is not more. So if you want to use Ring of Honor as a developmental, then yeah, sure, do that. And there may be something we haven't even thought about, but I don't think it should become mandatory television. Because I think the more mandatory television you have, the quicker you're going to chase people away. I get to do this for a living. So my time is dedicated to it. And even I struggle. I don't know how you guys do it. <laughs> I don't know where you find the time. So the last thing we want to do is make that even harder. And I don't necessarily think it's going to fly. I like Ring of Honor a lot. I've been watching it for a while. But I think it's fair to say, absolutely got a niche audience. But I think you want to play into the niche. And if you can grow it here and there, sure, do it. That's going to, it's going to work. But if you brand it AEW Ring of Honor, I just think you're going to spread yourself too thin. But I could be wrong. What do I know? I'm an idiot. Noodle says, sad day, great memory of him doing the strut to the ring, the toothpick, the little quiff, and the waistcoat. The bad guy was a badass and a lovely man, apparently. I like all of these. See, I think it's nice. I like reading things like this. When bad things go down, it kind of gives you perspective. Perspective is important. AD says, him and Kevin Nash joking around in WCW when Nash cannibals in the pool was hilarious. It's true. The time, maybe not so good, but now very, very funny. Um, Slobbernicker. <laughs> my word i had the privilege of driving him around cork for a few shows a year back an absolute gent happy to let a nobody train me like me pick his brain or ask about stories of other legends in the ring that one has been everywhere so quite clearly that was just something you just yeah didn't care about didn't care about at all was a was a very down-to-earth do 
Andrew says, recently lost my man. Oh, sorry, dude. I hope you were right. But one lovely memory I have is watching the 96 Rumble match with Razor and Goldust. We were all in hysterics when Goldie got handsy. That match always makes me smile. Thinking of that first viewing. Colin says, ran into him with my dad in 94 as a six-year-old. After pointing him out, um, he asked if his disguise wasn't good enough. Told him it's hard to hide being that big. A high five, a signature on my shirt, and a ton of smiles later, he had a lifelong fan. And George may win all of this because he has a picture with Scott Hall with an Arsenal scarf. This is the last thing I was expecting to say. I met him over at the Arsenal 14 years ago. I saw him uh, and I plucked up the courage to say hello. I said, Scott Hall, how are you doing? Can I have a picture with you? He replied, of course, us bad guys should stick together. And out came the toothpick. I love it. There was a really cool story that somebody had as well, that Scott Hall was at a wrestling show and he asked to get to the, uh, the locker room. And whoever was taking him said, oh, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, um, you know, I'll walk you through the, the quiet way. He's like, no, no, take me through the fans. Why would I ever say no to a pop? And I just like, man, Scott Hall, you're the absolute best. Uh, Paint from Pot says, if you had the chance to ask Scott Hall any question, what would it be? I'd do the survey. Who's here for WCW and who's here for the NWO? He'd probably look at me like I was scum and it would be correct. Matthew says, when Sting was doing the Crow gimmick in the late 96, 97 and not wrestling, was he injured or just preserving his body? I, I think it was just part of the story. I mean, I'm pro- he probably did have a couple of niggles that he wanted to he wanted to sort out. But no, I just think that was part of the story and it was 100% correct. It was awesome. Uh, Nate says, to this day at 35 years old, whenever I'm at a restaurant and I have a toothpick, I'll take one even if I don't need it to feel like Scott Hall. I do that do it all the time can't help it well she says him and nwo is fantastic i love the monday night wars oh that's it just oh keeping it simple uh what should we, what we've done we've done favorite scott hall matches so we won't do that one again but it's nice to mention it uh this is a little bit different davis says i think vintage heel randy orton needs one more push for a title against roman or brock i'm never gonna mind that i'm a big randy orton fan and anything that we can do with randy orton is is all good by me Although saying that, we are slowly coming to the breakup between Randy Orton and Riddle. So now we have to start choosing a side. Who do we want to turn? Do we want Riddle to turn on Randy or do we want Randy to turn on Riddle? I think it's much more interesting if Randy Orton turns on... Sorry, if Riddle turns on Randy Orton. I think that's much better because nobody will see it coming. And then you can kind of move away from Riddle's comedy character. Now, I do like that very much. I think he has proven us all wrong. But if you need to get to that tippy-top level, you need to have that serious streak, much like Kurt Angle did. And I think that's a great way to do it. And I think you could get away with this as well. I think numerous things have happened where you could go, oh, no, I see why he feels this way. But whatever we do, that feud's going to be fire. And that match is going to be excellent. I'm very excited, and I appreciate WWE taking their time. Uh, TGL says, if given the chance, would you work for WWE as a pro wrestler? I mean, of course I would. Nobody would say no to that. Everyone likes to crap on them. But imagine getting that contract with WWE on the top. It would be amazing. Uh, Weirdest question of the day because Hal says, liquid or bar soap, Simon? I'm dying to know. Well, I use shower gel, so I guess liquid soap. Big Chief Daddy says, if Cody Rhodes debuts in Jacksonville, does that mean the war is about to start? Acknowledge WWE. I'm pretty sure that okay, that wasn't that before Raw I asked this. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that means, Big Chief, but I love you. And we finish with Spaz Phoenix, who says, Just a thought and prayer for Scott Hall and his loved ones. Also, Simon, have you seen the car for Impact Wrestling's Multiverse of Matches pay-per-view WrestleMania weekend? It's worth talking about. Do you know what? I haven't. Not gonna lie. Not going to pretend otherwise. Multiverse of Madness Impact. Where's my card? No, it's going to be impossible to find. Is it actually called that? Because I'm just getting Marvel stuff. 
Uh, oh, sorry, multiverse of matches. Sorry, I actually did type it. Now you can see where my brain is. Multiverse of matches impact six days ago, three days ago. Where's the Wikipedia entry? That gets updated all the time because people are weird. Let's see if we can find it. Otherwise, I'll do that one from three days ago. No, it's not there. Very strange. All right, three days ago. Hopefully, this is uh, a reputable site. I won't say it is, but I never heard of them. Um... Match card. So we have the Good Brothers versus the Briscoe Brothers. Good. I'd watch it. Jay White versus Chris Saban. Good. I'd watch it. Ishii versus Eddie Edwards. I will I'm, I mean, I will see that one way or the other. Jonah Parazzo versus TBA and TBA versus TBA in the ultimate next match. I mean, it's pretty good. You're right. And that's going down on April 1st, which is the Friday, I believe. It is the Friday. Also, 31st of April. If you are going to WrestleMania weekend, I'm having a wrestling match. Can you believe it? IHWE. Make sure you go to my Twitter, my Instagram, Simon316. All the information is out there. You do a little bit of scrolling. Um, and that's crazy to me. That's going to be awesome. So if you are in the area, please come down on Thursday. I think it starts at 5 p.m. I'd love to see you. I'd love to say hello. We're going to have some fun. And it would make my day. It's going to make my day anyway. But it would make my day doubly so if somebody comes up to me and says, Simon, I listen to the podcast. It'd be like, flub right you do. Thank you very much. And in terms of news that we will end this show with, apparently Jonathan Gresham is in talks with AEW slash Ring of Honor. So going back to the roster stuff we were talking about earlier, if he does sign, does he come up on AEW? Is he specifically an AEW and a Ring of Honor talent? So I'm going to be intrigued. I'm going to be intrigued to see uh, how this all goes down because there is a lot to try and figure out with all of this. As we have already discussed, we won't talk about it again. But yes, I mean, it makes sense. Jonathan Gresham is knee-deep in the Ring of Honor stuff, so you'd want to bring him in. I think it would be a massive shame if you didn't. And talking about Jonathan Gresham, of course, this Sunday, he's also fighting for progress. Chapter 130, main event, Cara Noir versus Jonathan Gresham, title versus title. Ring of Honor title versus progress title. So if you're coming down to the Electric Ballroom, make sure you say hello. I shall be hosting the show. And as ever, I saw some negativity online. People going, oh, I can't believe some people are calling this the biggest wrestling match ever in Britain. It's just promotion, man. Also, it is pretty, I think it's pretty big. Any kind of title versus title match, if you use those titles right, should be big. And I know I'm biased, but so what? <laughs> Why wouldn't I be? I'm looking forward to it, though. It's a good card uh, to top to bottom. So hopefully I will see you there too. What else have we got going on? As I said, Saturday, Little Hampton, sold out show, taking on Kelly Six of the Kapow World Championship. So if you're coming to that, to that, make sure you come and give me a nod in my direction as well. We talked about progress. Uh, what else is there? My Instagram and Twitter at Simon316, patreon.com forward slash Simon316. Even a dollar helps and you get a bunch of other content that I am putting up there. It is always appreciated. Um, my YouTube channel, give me a subscribe. Just go to Simon Miller. And shout out to pinsandknuckles.com. They're good dudes. Simon.bigcartel.com for merchandise. I'm sure. A cameo. That's it. It's always something I forget. Cameo. Absolute cameo. Uh, if you want any kind of a shout out, happy birthday, happy Hanukkah, happy Christmas, whatever it would be, maybe you want to do a QA session. It's 10 bucks. That's it. Nice and cheap. So I think that's only fair because who am I really? I'm just some bald idiot. But thank you very much for listening. As always, I appreciate it. Shout out to Scott Hall and his friends and family. Let's now use this time to remember everything he did achieve because even with the foibles that he did have, he smashed it. There ain't no two ways about that. Uh, so take care of yourselves and I'll talk to you again soon.